So there you are. You're a seminary student. Got to figure out what you're going to do. It's not the easiest path. You might want to be a planter. Could that be a crazy idea? You might want to be on a planting team. You've sat down with your, your husband and your wife and said, what do, what do we need to do? Maybe you're single. You've been talking to yourself and to the Lord. Um, here, here's what I would say, and here's what I would encourage you to consider. First, um, church planning is not for everyone to do, though I think it's for everyone to support. So if God doesn't call you to be a church planter, let me encourage you, or on a church planting team, let me encourage you to take some time uh, and get your church involved in sponsoring churches. According to some research we've done at LifeWay Research, only 3% of churches in a given year are sponsoring daughter churches, and we will not see the world as our parish if basically we say we're going to reach the people here, and we're not even reaching them particularly frequently. But we're going to have to say we're going to be involved in church planting because um, because we want to we want to plant churches that plant churches that plant churches. But then it's you. So you are you supposed to be on a planting team? Are you supposed to be a, a lead planter or a pastor? So how do you figure that out? Well, let me just share with you that over the years, what we found is there are processes to help with this. This is actually a passion of mine. I, I actually wrote my PhD dissertation on this topic, the development of church planting systems that would assist church planters in being effective. Um, I actually, uh, for later on for a research project for Leadership Network, I read all the, all the books in the English language, all the doctoral dissertations in the English language published since the 50s on church planting. And one of the things we found is this, is before the 90s, uh, pretty much all church planning was, here's how your church sends out people to start a church. But something shifted in the mid-90s. It became less about church planting and more about the church planter. And I think that was a helpful shift because I saw a lot of church planters. I planted my first church in 1988. I saw a lot of church planters kind of rush up against a brick wall, fail. Uh, it impacted their marriages. It impacted spiritual life. It, it was detrimental at times. And so I don't want you to be a church planting casualty. Uh, I don't want you to be in the church planting graveyard. Um, because it, it impacts everything. It impacts the kingdom, the reputation of the church and the community, but m probably most importantly for you as you're considering church planning, it impacts you and your, and your marriage and your family and your faith. So here's what I would do. Um, first, I would get around some mentors. If you're in a seminary program, I'm recording this at Asbury Seminary that is, uh, right now has some, some good, ambitious, and encouraging goals to, to begin their church planning program. I would get around some people who know church planning. Let them speak into your life. Um, let them uh, hear from you and you hear from them. And, um, and I think that, that's exceedingly helpful because it lets us have kind of a realistic estimate of who we are and how we're wired. Uh, but then I would begin something a little more formal. I would do training. You know, Asbury offers courses. Many seminaries offer courses that will give you kind of first steps. So I, I would begin to take some training. Uh, if you're not in seminary, maybe you're just watching this online, uh, you can take online courses. Um, I have online courses that you can find if you just Google my name and church planning. There are others. Um, and, and kind of get a feel. Because when you begin to hear people talk about church planning, Something's going to happen in you. Either you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. You're going to be like, oh, no. And, and so that's going to help you. That's going to be a, a self-assessment of sort. But then I'd enter a more formal process. Uh, I would probably, as a uh, kind of a, a preliminary indicator, I would take the uh, church planner candidate assessment. Uh, that's a tool that we actually developed at Lifeway Research, first uh, research-validated tool of its kind. And we tested it on successful church planners to look for characteristics that they, they had that were measurable on an online test. And it's, it's, it's a pretty good instrument. It's reliable. Um, and so you may take that and say, you know what, I, I, I look at these graphs and I don't line up at all. You might find it and say, you know, I do. And then, that's the, and then you go on to the next step, right? You can Google just church planner candidate assessment Lifeway and you can find that. Uh, no problems are my name um, at Stetzer. But then I would go through and I would sit down and I would sit down either with your uh, denomination or someone at the seminary or someone at the seminary may refer you to someone in the denomination and say, I need to get a more formal assessment. Uh, that'll typically be an hour interview. Sometimes a more robust one is four hours. 
Uh, sometimes it's a, a several day church planner uh, assessment weekend or assessment several days. Uh, I will tell you, you know, our church, I've planted a church a couple of years ago. We're sending out a church planner. We, we, sent, uh, we sent them to a three-day assessment. It cost us $1,000 to do this. Why? Because if I'm going to send out the Mills, John and Amy Mills, to go plant a church, uh, I want to make sure that they're successful, our investment of them is wisely stewarded, that they are cared for and encouraged, and I, I want eyes other than mine to say that they're right for church planning. And by the way, they, they, they were, they're going to be planning a church, so it's good. Uh, so I would go uh, pre-assessment, uh, preliminary assessment, the church planner candidate assessment, and then a formal assessment. Then what I would do is I would take training. Uh, again, if you take courses, you're a seminary like Asbury, take the courses. If you're not at a seminary like Asbury, or even if you are, you can take something like a, a boot camp or a basic training or some sort of short course. Um, they're available all over. Um, denominations do them, networks do them, um, and you'll basically take two to three days. And what you want to do, you don't want to go to an inspirational one. Well, that's not true. I mean, it's good to go to inspirational church planning things. But you need one that's going to say, here are six steps to build a core group. Here are five ways to find a facility. Here are nine ways, nine systems you need to have in place before you start public worship. So it's, it's not, you know, all these inspiring stories about these implausibly fast-growing churches. That's great for another day. What you need is you need vegetable training. Uh, you need to know what you need to plant the church effectively. So the next step would be, your, so you've got your preliminary assessment. You've got your, uh, you use church planner candidate assessment or something like that. You've got a formal assessment. You've got a boot camp or basic training. They're called different things. Um, and then following that, you enter into some sort of coaching relationship. If you're in a network, they'll often have coaching. Uh, if not, a denomination will often have coaching. If not, find a coach. Ask somebody who will pour into your life and say, can you help me? Can you guide me? And can you coach me? through this process. In, in my research, uh, this is what is this, seven years old now, so, but I'm guessing it still holds to some reality. Um, when we compared church planners who had gone through seminary and gone through training and then got coached to those who'd gone through seminary and got training and then didn't get coached, uh, when we compared the two, compared to no coach, compared to weeding weekly with a coach, the attendance was double after four years between the coached church planner and the not coached church planner. So you are, are missing a huge opportunity and blessing if you don't take the time to get coached. Um, and, and this is the tricky part. If you're a church planner, you're probably a little bit averse to coaching because um, you're a self-starter, you're a maverick, you're a pain. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to say that out loud, but I'm one, right? I've planted six churches. Um, and so, but, but what I would say is, is you need that because you're not as wise, discerning, and gifted as you probably think you are. Have someone speak into your life, uh, get a coach. I would also get a, um, next I'd get a learning community with others. Um, maybe your denomination or network is too small to have one in your town, but there's almost certainly one in your town. Um, there's, there, you're in Cleveland. Well, you, we don't have a group in Cleveland. Well, I, I can tell you, the, the Baptists have a group in Cleveland. The, the, uh, the Presbyterians have a group in New York City. The, the, uh, the, the Pentecostals have a group in, in uh, Seattle. And so find that group. Hang with them. If you're not of them, you can still, you're still in the same body of Christ, right? So, so get and learn because you're going to find that you're going to suddenly find yourself encountering situations that normal churches and normal pastors don't. You know, normal pastors, normal churches aren't dealing with, well, the movie theater is giving us a problem about they want to show movies earlier and we got to get out sooner. It's, it's all different. How do you do it? you got to have friends who are in the church planning journey can help you um, on, that, on that pathway. And so, so, so we've got pre-assessment, we've got assessment, we've got boot camp, we've got coaching. And then the end result is, is fifthly, fifthly, is I would say, and I wanted you to consider this, is that you would uh, have a reproduction plan from the beginning. Um, in other words... You're planning to plant, and within three years, uh, two year, one year, um, 
two years, I don't know, but, but for us, on the first Sunday that our church started, um, we started two and a half years ago, first Sunday, I said, and we will be planting a church. I announced it the first Sunday. Why? Because we wanted to be born pregnant. We wanted the first day we began um, to be born pregnant. So, matter of fact, just a couple of days ago, we planned our, our mission team to, uh, uh, cross-cultural mission team, another continent. And so we're intentionally building in reproduction in our church. We want to plant churches that plant churches that plant churches. If you're a, ch- if you're a pastor and watching this, thank you. If you're a church planner, either way, don't let your church become a cul-de-sac on the Great Commission Highway. Plant churches that plant churches that ultimately uh, plant churches. So the, the journey of church planting is a, uh, it's a challenging one, but it's a worthwhile one. Um, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I, I, I'm not just a church planting. I do research. I write books on church revitalization. I've led some churches through it. Uh, but I love church planning. I love church planners. And so I want you to succeed. Uh, I want you to bring glory to God. I want you to preach the gospel. I want women and men to hear the gospel and to be changed by its power. And I want your church to grow and then plant churches that plant churches that plant churches. So I pray for you, literally. I pray for planners regularly. I pray for you on this journey that God would guide and that you would follow and ultimately he would receive his due glory.